All right. I see that my guest is finally here. Hello, 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 Miss Morgan. How are you? Good evening. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so excited to have you on the show. So to all of you who are listening, I want to say thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your willingness to not only tune into this podcast, but to also take your self-care and your healing seriously enough to listen to what we have to say. My name is Shamika Thompson, your host and friendly neighborhood intuitive self-care coach, self-care. And on here today with a continuation of the topic, Mausoleums of the Living, Toxic Environments and Family Dynamics with my friend, my witch wife. Yeah, I said it. My witch <laughs> wife. Okay. Don't judge me because you might get hurt. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you might get hexed. I'm hex positive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, she's ex-positive. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, you know, if you listen to the first part of this podcast or this topic, I mentioned that, you know, I have friends in some really high places. And, you know, that includes doctor friends. So my witch wife is also a doctor. So, you know, you're on, on the line with me and, you know, doctor Jay Pennington, I ain't giving y'all all her info because I ain't your business. I'm just playing. <laughs> um, but you can yeah, call I have her multiple personalities, so that part. <laughs> so you can call her Dr. Pennington. You can call her uh, Switch. You can call her Miss Morgan. But whatever you do, do not call her out her name because again, she is hex positive. So. <laughs> <laughs> So um, since she is a doctor and a healer on multiple levels and in multiple dimensions, um, we're going to get into some real deep stuff. But before we do, she's going to lead us into, you know, classic opening where, you know, typically I like to have you guys, you know, take a minute just to calm down and breathe and, you know, say the rededication prayer. But you know what? She's a doctor. And she's my witch wife. So I'm going to just go ahead and let her do her thing. And then we're going to get into the other half of this toxicity issue. So, Ms. Morgan, if you don't mind. Not at all. Okay. You need to begin by closing your eyes. And sitting really, really into your body. Breathing into the count of four and breathing out to the count of four. No longer disconnecting from your body, no longer reaching and grabbing for any form of distraction from your body. I want you to fully be here now. Your feet firmly planted on the ground. Your head connected to the heavens. 
the moment is where the magic is. And in this moment, you are reminded that you are connected to earth and heaven. And it is safe for you to be powerful here and now. Breathe that in. Breathe that in so deep. It is safe for you to be powerful here and now. One more nice deep breath. Take that in, take that in, take that in. And exhale all the bullshit that does not serve that belief and that statement. Open your eyes. Feels good. Feels good Mm. to know you're powerful. It's good to breathe out all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Like this, just taking that consciousness of the breath and knowing you can just in one breath, in one moment, you can just disown all that shit. You really can. Absolutely. Amazing to know that. Yeah. Y'all, y'all take that with you. Keep that at all times. It's important. Oof, okay. Now I might be feeling a little extra good though, because I was doing that wine meditation on the phone with with you earlier. But, Girl, uh, that wine meditation is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm applying that to everything I eat and drink because you know I'm a Taurus, so I'm eating and drinking all the time. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, that's I, I listen, it started out with water. Like, you know, I do that as a water meditation every day when I first get up. And then I was like, you know what? I should try that with wine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's so medicinal for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So let's see, where do we want to start? Okay. Let's start with you giving the people full throttle introduction of who you are, what you do, and how they can get in contact with you. Oh, okay, cool. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to start off like that, huh? Yeah, we're going to start that <laughs> way, and then, then I don't have like, a lot of time to do it at the end. So we're just going to go. No, no, that's, that's, okay. that's fine. I'm just being a smart ass. Of course you are. <laughs> no, you're not being me and not caring. So let's go. <laughs> okay. Well, my name is Miss, you can either refer to me as Miss J or Miss Morgan. Miss J is my everyday earth name. That is what I go by as, you know, a doctor. I'm a doctor of metaphysics and a holistic wellness coach. Um, I apply my spiritual healing and wellness education to sex workers and those looking to deepen their intimate relationship with themselves through sexual magic. I'm also a sex worker. And that's where my other name, Miss Morgan, that's actually my witch name, my sex witch name um, is Miss Morgan. That is where that name comes from, because that is the name that I use in the sex work world. And so I merge the two to show the correlation and interconnectedness between sex and spirit. 
And you can get in touch with me on Instagram at XO Miss Morgan XO. And yeah, cause I post a lot on there. So that's a really good space to find me. Awesome. You heard it here. So if you didn't write that down, we're not going to repeat it because we got too much other stuff to talk about. You're just going to have to mm-hmm. rewind the podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So I know that you have had a chance to listen to the first part of this where we were talking about understanding toxicity and, you know, these unspoken agreements that we make usually in childhood. So let's start there. Let me get your take on that. And then we're going to delve into this this other, these other layers and, you know, continue unpacking it. Well, I, what I gather from, you and I have had so many talks about this before, about like understanding and what we gather through childhood. And Mm -hmm. I just, I really loved your take on it. I loved hearing your insights on it because I think it's a top, it's, it's definitely an area that should be discussed more often, especially what we take in from childhood. Um, and the beliefs that we absorb through childhood. Um, understand, I love that word, understanding, because like I, I, I have totally disconnected from understanding now, <laughs> mm-hmm. ever since hearing understanding, because there's a lot of power to that. You know, when you can stand in your knowledge of self, when you can stand in the beliefs that you've absorbed, even if they're not your own, when you can just stand within yourself, nothing can break you, nothing can control you and when we're children we're taught we're almost made to feel like we are meant to be controlled on mm. some way shape or form in some way shape or form on some level or another and so yeah like it's just it's just the childhood like the childhood beliefs and the childhood you know what we absorb in childhood is so important and i just really really enjoyed hearing your take on all of that and and like, I, I can't think of really anything else to say because you and I have discussed it so many times. <laughs> right. So, um, but I think it's, I think it's a very good and important place to start, especially with what we're getting into today. Mm-hmm. Um, because it all starts from there, from that point of really when does. we started absorbing these things. And now when we get to the meat and potatoes of it, how it's developed, because as children, we're really not taught to take care of ourselves. Mm-mm we're taught that others will take care of us. Others know better than us. And we're not really given a lot of fundamentals and tools to work with. So starting from that point and that understanding and that understanding and that childhood space, and then moving forward into where we are now to see how that develops when you absorb all of that shit as a child and take that with you is so important. It's so important to see how that grows and develops. Right, right. You're absolutely right. And to add to that, I want to say that not only are we not taught to take care of ourselves and, you know, kind of have that expectation to be taken care of, that's where the unspoken agreements come in at. Because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to get what you want and you'll, you'll, you'll be left alone or you'll be happy and comfortable or, or whatever the compromise is, as long as you do these particular things. Yep. You know, as long as you're the the quote unquote good boy or the quote unquote good girl, then you will be taken care of in whatever way, good, bad, ugly, the adults around you see fit, Mm -hmm. provided 
thing. Couldn't manage and understood even energy. And then we take that with us. And um, even in the conversation with Etiba, and she was talking about how when we start unpacking it, a lot of that unpacking does not happen. And a lot of that uh, development that you're talking about, like, you know, being able to look at it and see how it has developed does not happen until we get into those volatile, like prepubescent and teen years. Yeah. And then it's like, shit goes crazy. You go crazy. Everybody's looking at each other like they're crazy. (laughs) And there's a lot of emotional dishonesty. There's not nearly enough accountability, especially a lot of the time by the adults who were involved. Mm -hmm. And then we're just left kind of holding the bag. Not even kind of. We're left holding the bag. Oh, yeah. And we have to make that decision. Mm hmm. So now, you know, that that we've covered that, we can get into what you call, I love the meat and the potatoes. You know, only foodies use food references like that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to get into the, the meat and the potatoes. Like, Isn't that delicious? You know? I know. <laughs> like, I'm hungry now. But no. <laughs> so, you know, getting into the meat and the potatoes. So what... I sat down and was like really thinking about was the fact that, you know, one, again, when we talk about toxicity, we need to get out of this mindset of thinking that it looks, sounds, smells, tastes a particular way. Mm -hmm. There are varying types and degrees of toxicity because there are varying types of people. Yes. And so therefore, we need to stop having this kind of blanket attitude and blanket perception or approach to toxicity and whether or not it's valid based on what we recognize it as. Mm -hmm. And I broke it up basically into two categories. We have, I'll say, well, I like to go from the least obvious to the most obvious. So... I like to start with the non-physical aspect of things, which is like the mental, emotional, and I'll add spiritual in there too. Didn't have it originally in my notes, but the more I think about it, especially with the journey that I've been on and having to reclaim and walk in the spiritual path that I feel I've been called to, you know, there are levels of and types of spiritual toxicity too. So Mm -hmm. What do you have to say about that? Like, how can you break this down and un- unpack this non these non physical forms of toxicity for us? Non physical forms of toxicity. I know it's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there are so many habits and things that okay. can be deemed non physical. So, like, um. Like for instance, let me I throw. Was, you want me to throw a ball at you? you? Want me to throw a ball at you? Yeah. And then we. Yeah, okay. That, let me I, let me, let gonna, me bounce the ball. Personal experience because I I grew up with okay. um, narcissistic parents. Boom! So, there you go. That was the ball I was going to throw at you anyway. Let's talk about so, that. Yeah. Okay. So when you're living like like when you're dealing with like a narcissistic parent, they're not nine times out of ten they're not really physically harming you. Although I did I did go through physical abuse, but it was mostly mental and emotional. They will literally mm-hmm. make you feel like you're crazy and you will b- start to believe it after a while because there is no obvious physical stuff happening. So they do these things that like are suggestive to your psyche 
And you don't mm. see it until like later when you start having thought processes around it and you start questioning your own sanity. You start um, delving into like that self-deprecating behavior and, and just like questioning your own self and saying, oh, I'm not good enough. Why, why didn't I do it this way? Why didn't I do it that way? And, and you're, not, you're not knowing where that's coming from because these non-physical forms of abuse and toxicity have just kind of like seeped into your psyche and into your emotional space and controlled your behaviors without you even recognizing it because that's the narcissist's mm. motive is that they want to make you feel like you're crazy. So you're dependent on them. Mm -hmm. so, so it's with the narcissism, it's more of later. a, it's, so with the narcissism, it's more of a control mechanism. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm. Which is crazy to me because when you're talking about, you know, especially the parent-child relationship, for quite a, a, a number of years, you already have all the control. Mm -hmm. So why is there even a need to try to control something that you already have control over? Because those parents are typically unhealed children themselves. Mm. And they look at you as the only person that really can't leave right away. So they're going to make sure that you don't leave. Oh, wow. So it's about that, the future aspect mm -hmm. of control. Like they know you're not, they're not going to be able to control you forever. So they're going to do everything they can to make sure that they're controlling you and you won't leave them. You'll, you'll always oh, yeah. be there to, to fulfill whatever need they get from you. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, even if, if you really think about a narcissist, because, like, I, I have pity for narcissists, too. You know, like, I've actually met narciss people with narcissistic personality disorder who really don't want to have it. And right, right. They just do. Um, and there's a reason for that, because when you really think of the narcissist's MO, it's that they don't want you to leave. And they're going to they're going to make you stay and make you dependent on them because the truth they, of the matter is they actually need you more than you need them. So wait, so are you telling me that the narcissistic personality in and of itself is also a byproduct of these traumas and toxicities and a fear of abandonment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, I have met um, people with NPD who everyone else thought, oh, well, you know, they had a perfect life and they had, you know, they went to the best school and they had the best parents and they had the best house and upbringing. But when you unpack it and go deeper, I found out about this particular person that, yeah, they might've not been like abused or had like what hmm. some might deem is like, oh, really um, terrible trauma, but they did have trauma because their parents worked so hard to give them this prestigious kind of life and pressured them to also meet those standards. And if they didn't meet those standards, then they weren't good enough. They weren't, they weren't uh, smart enough or they weren't upholding the family name or whatever. So they actually made a narcissist because that person acted a certain way. Cause that's what narcissists do. You know, like they'll have a certain persona to make you like them and to make you um, give them what they want and they had to adopt that to get love from their parents because they didn't know any other way to be in order to get love or attention or affection and hmm. so now they brought that on to others which is why a lot of narcissists also care about what other people think of them a lot 
Mm. because they don't want they don't they ultimately don't want to be abandoned so they develop this like angry controlling perfectionistic monster on steroids basically oh wow and see i I like that you brought that up because i actually have in my notes here and i had it as a separate thing but now you know you're highlighting the fact that it is all connected i actually have written down here emotional abandonment and mind games Mm -hmm. oh yeah those are definite non-physical forms of toxicity and we see it a lot in the narcissist personality or tendencies Mm -hmm. because what i found is that there are some people who display narcissistic behavior but they don't necessarily have a narcissistic personality or they haven't been you know diagnosed or deemed with a narcissistic personality disorder um to add to that i want to mention passive aggressive behavior because of course those are the people that i've noticed can display the narcissistic behavior but they don't necessarily have the personality disorder so Mm -hmm. can you kind of explain because it's like to me it's almost like a hair of a difference Can you like kind of unpack how the emotional abandonment and the, and the mind games, not only as a tool, but also as a cause tie into the passive aggressive behavior as as well as the narcissistic behavior. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's emotional abandonment and mind games and how they connect to passive aggressive behavior. Okay. Yeah. Well, because Technically, all right, you're playing mind games. The mind games come from a need to control so that things don't get out of control. Right. And that comes from the fear of emotional abandonment, which is what leads to the passive aggressive nature where they're passive in certain aspects because they don't want to, they don't want to cause confrontation because they don't want to lose you and have that emotional abandonment. But then they get aggressive when their needs aren't being met, but they're not expressing those things. But they're afraid to express those things because they don't want to lose you. So it's a never ending cycle Mm. of like this fear of emotional abandonment, playing mind games and doing what I call like mental Olympics with people. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like where you're constantly exhausting yourself to just not lose people. But in the end you are losing them because one, you're not really being yourself Two, you're not expressing yourself and three, you're driving the people you love crazy. Uh Uh-huh. So in the end, you are actually creating and perpetuating this cycle that you're actually afraid of. But we, but people who have these issues unconsciously or subconsciously do create it on purpose to perpetuate that belief system because it, it validates their unhealthy habits. I know that was a lot. That was a lot. (laughs) It, it, It was a lot. And I mean, the truth is it is a lot like, it, it is what it is. You know, like even when you said mental Olympics, I was like, God, that sounds tiring. And, you know, I know for a fact that it's tiring because I'm just now getting off that wheel my damn self. Yeah. You know, it may not be to the degree as it is with certain other people. But then again, this that's, you know, my healing isn't about anybody else. It's about me, you yes. know. So I want you guys, as you're listening to this, I hope you're taking notes. And if you're not, that's okay, because it's a podcast. You can always listen to it again. But these are the things that plague us mentally, emotionally, 
And a lot of the time, until we set the intention and actually start doing the work to even just be aware of ourselves, um, because again, this is the awareness diet, conversations, insights, and tools to feed your self-awareness. Um, we don't even know a lot of the time that we're engaging in this mess. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to reiterate what I said in the first part of this topic that a lot of the things that we were exposed to led to and led to believe about ourselves, about how the world works and, and all these other things, you know, they become subconscious after we turn seven years old. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting there thinking that you're making all these decisions and doing the things that you're doing and getting involved with the people that you're getting involved in of your own free will, not really, because the subconscious mind makes up what probably makes not, what about 90 percent of our decisions in actuality. Yep. Yeah. 90 percent of your decisions are coming from a part of your mind that you don't even know what it's doing and what's in there. Mm hmm. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind as we're talking about these, these different types and degrees of toxicity. Um, who I just, I like, every, like, it's such a, it's a necessary conversation, but it's so like mentally and emotionally gross. Like I can't even. <laughs> yeah. You, you feel, you feel like you have a bunch of cooties on you when you, yeah, when you like, like, realize <laughs> it and you put a microscope up to it. You're just like, ugh. <laughs> right Ooh, I had that there I, like, I, I had like that. when you're going in the fridge and you're looking for something tasty and you find that thing all the way at the back that's like moldy and moldy shit, and, and like, hairy oh. and smells weird and you're just like oh my god where the fuck did you come from <laughs> you're like appetite is lost gone forever <laughs> we'll try this again tomorrow you know <laughs> all right so so that was a lot I I don't think I think I'm gonna let y'all chew on that. And then no doubt Jen and I will probably be back in the very near future to get even deeper about mm-hmm. that stuff. Cause we could do a whole show on narcissism. We can do a whole show on passive aggressive behavior. We could do a whole mm-hmm. show on emotional abandonment. Like the, this is just the tip of the iceberg because these are the things that those of us who have been on the the journey to healing. These are conversations that we have every day. We're we're dealing with this stuff with ourselves every day. I know for me, especially where passive aggressive behavior comes in at, nothing has shined a light on that for me more than my relationship with my fiance and being a mom. Holy shit, Batman. Like, I can't even begin to tell you what that's been like. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's not always a pleasant experience, but it's just a matter of how important your healing and your, you know, forward progression is, is how important that is to you. Yeah. So, so let's get into this, um, energetic, um, stuff. Let's, let's talk about energy, Jen. Okay. What's your take on on energy? In regards to trauma, let's let's give people um, a, a general definition of energy. Get it? A general definition of energy for those who aren't familiar with the difference. I'll say between energy 
and um, feelings. I mean, it's not much of a difference, but let's, let's unpack that too, because our feelings are a type of energy, but then there's still other energy. Yeah. Energy is just all that, you know, this, this is wonderful because this makes sense why God has guided me to direct the meditation towards power. And that's, that's what energy is where feelings have a specific energy. Thoughts have a specific energy. Um, you know, physical, certain physical activities have a certain energy. Music has a certain energy. All energy is, is power. And how you view power alone can actually dictate the way you lead your life and, you know, maintain your energy because energy is just what carries you through. It's that life force. It's that power within you to do whatever you wish, but whatever your intentions, your beliefs, your traumas, your insecurities, your virtues and your strengths and all that stuff, however you lead with those is where that energy goes and how it either raises you up or takes you down. So energy is very subtle. Energy is something you just kind of feel like, you know, they, they call it vibes, but it's just energy. All right. So ultimately, you know, when we say or use the term energy, we need to understand that we're talking about our our personal power as well as the power of others mm-hmm. you know and at how least they're using at, that power and how they're using that you know at least in this conversation because inanimate objects have energy too but usually Absolutely. you know inanimate objects aren't the one going around you know of their own free will inflicting pain on people <laughs> yeah no no but like <laughs> even when we look at an inanimate object like a like a necklace or a candle or a perfume um, depending on how we translate the power that that object has, it could be very empowering for us, or it could be very disempowering. Like, exactly. For instance, like years ago, I was just going for a drive, going to the post office. Out. This is when I first started my very first business ever, and I was selling crystal sets to people. And I was off to the post office, and I was about to mail some packages to some people, and a song came on the radio and this was a song I hadn't heard in years since me and one of my old and ex best friends split up. And when that song came on the radio, I associated that with the power of grief and disappointment. And I had to pull over the car and I had to cry, Mm. you know, whereas there are other songs that come on where I, I can still remember where I was when I heard that song, but it makes me feel good because that's the power that I've assigned to it. That's the energy I've assigned to it. Mm. So power and energy are both in just how you use them and how you translate them. If you, um, you know, give other people power over you, then that's how that energy is going to affect you. But if you have power and you give yourself power to do and say and feel what you need to feel, then that's going to affect you differently too. So it's basically, what do you assign energy? What do you assign that energy to and that power to, and how is it taking care of you or not taking care of you? If that makes sense. Oh yeah. And see, this is why I see like me and Jen, we have to be really careful about getting on the phone with each other because we'll let like hours go by and we'll just, this is what we do like all the time, you know? (laughs) And she always says like the right, freaking thing and I do mean always like y'all might think I'm exaggerating because I love her and shit but no she always says the right thing and I love the fact that you said a sign it's about what 
we assign that power and that energy to. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about energetic toxicity, we need to realize that it's an, ass- it's, it's an assignment. And that's why it's, it's toxic. Yes. You know, and that for me is probably the biggest thing that I have had to heal from and had to be shown again, you know, especially as a mom, um, when it comes to what's toxic to me and having that understanding, I have, I have been an empath my whole freaking life. I can't think of a time in my life when I was not negatively impacted by somebody else's energy or the collective energy of an environment. But the energy or the power that I inevitably assign to other people mm-hmm. was toxic to me. And uh, with a lot of those same people, it's still toxic. Yes. And those I know, like I had to pause because if you have not been exposed or had somebody to sit you down and really have these conversations with you about energy, just in and of itself, what it is, how it moves, um, you're not going to know. And you really will feel like a crazy person. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, made to feel while I was growing up, like I was ungrateful, like I was hypersensitive, that I was always just making a big deal out of stuff, how things were not as bad as I felt like they were, all because I'm an empath who's very sensitive to the energy around me. And the energy around me was toxic, even though in the material form of things, everything was good. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine like how for anybody that would cause a lot of conflict of power within yourself. Right. Because here in one breath, you're like, all right, well, I, I think I have it good, but why do I not feel good? Right. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? And 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 you have you 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 have a lot of inner conflict. You know, maybe I am ungrateful. Maybe I am like because nobody's giving you any other explanation that you can relate to. And and here's the thing: sometimes the truth. Sometimes you you'll only know the truth by how it feels. So yeah. if anybody at any point in my younger years had come to me and said, oh, girl, quit tripping. You know what it is. You're just an empath. And the energy that's up in that place just don't work for you. I'd have felt that shit. And I'd have been like, oh, OK. And then a lot of the self-limiting beliefs and self-doubt and so many other things that I'm healing from now would not have been an issue. Had I had that understanding of energy and that regardless of a lot of things that you know we don't have control over certain types of energy are going to be toxic to you 
It doesn't mm-hmm. mean necessarily that everything and everybody is bad because it doesn't agree with you. It's like having an, an allergic reaction to nuts. How many people in the world are allergic to nuts? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, are nuts yeah. bad? Like, you don't know. No, they're not bad, but they're bad for that person because they have a nut allergy. And in this case, we have a nut allergy, not literally, but like we're allergic to nutty ass people. With nutty ass energy. Okay. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's no fucking EpiPen for that. So <laughs> I feel I feel like we need to make a meme on that. Like I have a nut allergy. I'm allergic to people with crazy ass bullshit. <laughs> Something. Something like somebody please like start creating an energetic EpiPen or something because I feel like right along with the the mental and, and emotional um, non-physical forms of toxicity, energetic toxicity is another thing that's not talked about enough. You have people mm-hmm. out here who are suffering in silence, just miserable. I mean, like ready to die because everybody around them is telling them that it's not that bad. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to get out your head or it's this or it's that. And really they are just highly sensitive people and they might be feeling the, the shitty weight of the world right now. And there's nobody telling them that a lot of the energy that we're in right now, it's ebbing and flowing, you know, and newsflash in case y'all didn't figure this out yet, when you're doing or moving through healing work, it can feel pretty bad sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. And it doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything wrong, but if, you know, or that you're on the wrong path, but if you are an empath and you're going through your own journey and you're healing stuff and stuff is coming up and out of you, but then you're surrounded by or really sensitive to the energy of other people who are also healing and stuff is coming up for them, you're going to feel that. Or even if they're not dealing with stuff, you're probably going to feel it even more because they're not dealing with it. Oh, yes. That's toxic. When other people aren't dealing with their stuff, that's always going to be extra toxic. Energetically and otherwise. So what do you recommend for, let's just say there's somebody listening to this podcast right now and they're like, oh man, this is, they're talking to me. This, this, this toxicity and these non-physical forms of toxicity. What's like one, the first solid piece of advice you would give them right here, right now to start moving in a healing direction? Oh, that's easy. CBT. CBT. Um, performing cognitive behavioral therapy on yourself uh, is so, so beneficial and it's so practical and it's easy to apply. And what that is, is what I want you to do on a daily basis for, especially if you're really struggling right now. And like, this is like opening up a can of worms for you right now. I want you to do this process every day for the next 90 days for the next three months, every day, sit with yourself at a time that's comfortable for you. And I want you to literally write down your immediate thoughts, like whatever's going on in your head, any of the thoughts, it doesn't matter what they are. Don't judge them. Just 
write down what you're, what you're thinking. Write down what you're feeling. What are your immediate feelings? Then I want you to write down what are the physical responses that you're experiencing right now. This could be anxiety. This could be headaches. This could be aches and pains somewhere. This could be numbness. Like whatever is, what are you feeling physically right now? And ultimately, how do you behave as a result of these three things? What are your behaviors like? And I want you to do this for 90 days because what this does is this actually slows you down so you're not in anxiety mode, you're not in reactive mode, you're not in dismissive mode. You are actually taking a seat every day with yourself, with your thoughts, with your heart, with your body, and grounding into what's going on with you right now. And mm -hmm. you're showing yourself how interconnected your thoughts, feelings, and physical responses are with your behaviors. And that, that's going to ultimately help you switch the behaviors that are leading you into constantly repeating toxic cycles. CBT. Mm -hmm. CBT uh, changed my freaking life. Mm. Mm. And you know what? I, I can 1,000% you know, get behind CBT because at, at the heart of it, CBT is all about self-awareness. It's all, it's all about self-awareness. It's about, like you said, slowing down and, and looking at what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing and how that's, how that's translating in your everyday behavior and interactions. Mm-hmm. So if, if in listening to anything we've talked about thus far, you feel like we are calling you out, definitely reach out to Jen, you know, since she's the doctor. I think I'm gonna start calling you Dr. Morgan. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> since she's the doctor and, and, you know, find out more about, you know, how, how you can use CBT to get yourself on track because it is a process and depending on how long you've been you know in this kind of you know dysfunctional um poor poor coping mechanism type of cycle um you may need some help or some moral support so as always like i always insist that you know you don't have to go it alone okay no. you do not no. have to go it alone like we're out here but, you know, because we're empaths and we done been through some stuff, too, like, you know, we're real careful about, you know, the, the energy we send out, the energy we receive. And if you're listening to this, then this was meant for you. So we got your back. All right. Let's see. Where are we on time? Whatever. I don't know why I look at the time anyway. <laughs> I always go over time anyway. You know, I guess it's nice to have a goal. So, um <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the more obvious forms of toxicity and let's talk about physical toxicity uh -huh. you know we've got physical abuse we've got uh you know um places where you know you're not safe um maybe you know, you have a place to live, but it's it's not clean. It's damaged. It, you know, you don't have food. Or I mean, there's so many different ways in which we can be physically toxed that, again, that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. 
But for you, Jen, um, tell us a little bit about what your experience has been with physical toxicity, if you don't mind. Sure, sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I definitely, like I I said earlier, I have experienced physical abuse as well. Um, And, you know, physical aggressiveness. But not only that, um, the state of my home growing up was not the cleanest or the tidiest it it definitely reflect like now that i'm older i'm an adult and i can look back it definitely reflected the state of mind of my parents Mm. you know because your home is definitely your oasis it's supposed to be it's supposed to represent your state of mind um because that's ultimately where you spend the other half of your day when you're not at work or you know running errands or anything like that you're at home so your home is supposed to be your safe place supposed to be the place you can unpack everything and relax and I can recall my home not being the most comfortable to live in it was not kept well it was there was just a lot of clutter a lot of all that stuff going on and that definitely reflected the clutter and the absolute mess going on in my parents minds because they both struggled with mental illnesses and the home definitely reflected that and it caused physical discomfort, you know, cause you, you get anxious, you feel depressed, you feel weighed down, no matter how much you're trying to help clean, it just piles back up because the people that are causing it are not intending to fix it. Mm. So it ends up making you feel physically overwhelmed and taxed and tired or anxious. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's so many physical forms of toxicity that I could go into just from my own experiences those and then like with money like there was money issues constantly and Mm. fear around money and even just like spending a little bit of money brought fear to my parents and brought aggressiveness and anger out of them which then caused me and my younger brothers and sisters to have weird uh relationships to money for very for a very long time so yeah because when you think about physicality when you think about the physical it represents, you know, safety, security, identity, all of those things that, you know, keep you alive, essentially. Mm-hmm. And when you have that physical, when you, when you have toxicity in your physical space, mm. you don't feel safe even in your own body sometimes. You feel unstable or, or unsure or uncertain all the time in your own Definitely. body. Absolutely. That's- yeah, that's I mean, yeah. The, and I mean, ultimately, from an energetic standpoint, especially when we're talking about the chakras, that is root chakra trauma. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to root chakra trauma, I tell you, I don't care how charismatic you are. I don't care how creative you are, how driven you are. If you have root chakra trauma, the, because the root chakra powers every other energy center eventually you're you're even if you make it to a certain point it's either going to lack longevity or you're going to have problems or you know it, it kind of all falls apart seemingly out of nowhere because yes. internally you know especially where we're talking about you know that physical safety and security mm-hmm. it starts out as an external thing that becomes an internal thing and you take that with you everywhere and in every situation yes so so 
we really need to be really, really mindful about what some of our physical and and root chakra traumas are. As a matter of fact, boom, okay, y'all got homework. Because I always give homework with every podcast. <laughs> of course you do. Of course I do. <laughs> I don't even know if anybody does it because you know nobody ever anybody ever talks to me. But that's okay though. I'm an oh. I I'm I'm an oh. INT. Look, I'm an INTP. Like I'm okay with that. You know, You're but, like, uh, I talk to my damn self. I'm fine. Pretty much. But, you know, if you guys ever, you know, need to reach out to me or if you want to share some of the things that come up for you, um, you already have um, my wife, my witch wife's information. But again, um, my Instagram is at Queen's Armor Self Care. So Q U E E N S A R M O U R Self Care all squished together you can dm me and share your homework with me if you like um but here's your homework you know after um listening to this podcast i want you to sit down and i want you to think of or see if you can think of three non-physical forms of toxicity that you now understand you've been exposed to and three forms of physical toxicity that you have been exposed to. So Mm -hmm. three non-physical and three physical forms of toxicity that you now understand that you were exposed to and just kind of sit with it and, and, and kind of survey how it's affected your life thus far. And if you want to talk, you can hit any one of us up. And if not, that's fine, too. My feelings don't get hurt easily. Neither do Miss Morgan's. So, so but when that's you're your, ready, you are ready. That's it. So that's your homework for this podcast session. But we got to we got to get we got to get down to the bottom of that because a lot of us, a lot of us, I'd even go as far as saying most of us have some kind of root chakra trauma. Cause let me tell you, even the things that have looked nice or are nice in theory can be root chakra trauma. Like I have root chakra trauma around having things because the message that I got growing up was that having things was more important, but they're, but having things is not more important to me. It never has been. And so therefore I have trauma around it that causes me to collect things that I don't even want. Like how twisted mm-hmm. is that? <laughs> That's understandable though. When you unpack it like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of like that mirror effect, you know, how the reflection is flipped the other way, like, you know, so, Mm -hmm. so I know in my process, you know, part of my root chakra trauma has to do with, with, you know, with, with not a a clue that I can't even talk, accumulating things. Like I have to declutter Mm -hmm. because clutter has become a coping mechanism. Because I, I, I was kind of, I was force fed this message that you got to have stuff to feel good, but having stuff ne- never really made me feel good. And so I, somewhere in there, I probably developed a coping mechanism where I just keep getting stuff to try to feel good 
and it never makes me feel good. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So this is why we have to be aware of these things, you know, and, and not judge ourselves for, for having these issues and having to work through these things. Yes. Yes. So you know yeah. what? Yeah. Jen, I think that we have given them quite a bit for today. I think so too, because I'm feeling it. I was like, I'm feeling is, it too. Like, I'm gonna need this to go get another glass of wine. Like all my chill that I was on before is kind of gone now because this stuff. And to think we haven't even gotten that deep into it. You know, I didn't even touch on the blended because I just I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. I'll put it to you guys like this. So blended toxicity is exactly what it sounds like. You know, it's it's a varying forms and those varying types of toxicity, you know, all coming together. And maybe you're experiencing the narcissistic behavior with physical violence and abuse and instability, um, along with the, the energetic toxicity all from one situation or, or one environment. You know, so it gets really complex when we start throwing all these other things together. Yes. And that's blended. So naturally, you know, the more layers there are to it, the more work you're going to have to do to heal. That's pretty much how that pans out. There's no shortcut. There's no way around it. But be aware of it because the same way we can have the non-physical uh, toxicity and everything in the physical world is quote unquote okay, we can have it the other way around. Yes. You know, you can be experiencing physical toxicity and still, and, and, and not have any of the the other stuff. Oh, totally. And then you can have a a blend of all of it. Totally. Either way, there's work that has to be done people. So get it done. So get, get her done. And you know what? Miss Morgan made a post on Instagram today and it's on her story. You need to go like go to her page and you need to go look at her Instagram post from earlier today that says, what was it that you said, Jen? Stop romanticizing. Don't romanticize the situation. Do not romanticize the situation, people. Like it is what it is. If it's shitty for you, it's shitty for you. Like don't downplay it. Stop romanticizing it. Yes. Because until you own it and see it for what it is, it's going to own you. It's going to drag your ass through the mud. So I want you guys to take that with you. I'm probably going to have Miss Morgan back to do the last part of this topic. Part three is the solution. Three P's of healing. Patience, perseverance, and proximity. I'm going to have you back for that one. I know, Ooh, right? I can't wait to do that. I know. I got chills just thinking about it. Ooh, okay. I cannot friggin' wait for that one. Yes. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to decompress and we're going to meditate on that one. And you guys make sure that you tune back in um, so that you can catch the last part. So we can start nipping all of this toxic bullshit in the bud, but yes. however you want to put it, <laughs> nip it in the butt, bud butt bud butt plug anyway no i shouldn't have said that <laughs> that's a different podcast that's a different 
That's a different podcast. <laughs> you know, I should have issued my warning. Usually I issue a warning at the beginning that says, you know what, if you have children around you, please put in your earbuds or <laughs> sorry guys. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. All right. So Jen, do you want to tell them again how they can get in contact with you if they have, you know, any needs at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can just find me on Instagram. That's probably the uh, quickest way you'll get in touch with me on XO, Miss Morgan XO. And yeah, I look forward to hearing from you and seeing how you progress through this homework assignment. Awesome. And I appreciate you so much for being here. Like, I love the fact that we can share some of our personal conversations, you know, on a platform so that I can get to the people who need it. And um, I'm going to go have some more wine. You guys stay safe out there. Be well. And remember that self-care is a divine responsibility. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. See you later. All right.